0: Love Talk Radio. It's your girl, Cy Brown, and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. I'm so glad that you're hanging out with me today. It is Monday morning. Today is October 15th. Can you believe that the time is going so quickly? We are 21 days away from the presidential election, and I know in the state of New Jersey, it's, uh, I believe, this week, the last day to register to vote. So I strongly encourage you, please, please, please um, get out to vote. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, atheist, independent, or you just don't give a damn, um, please encourage somebody else to vote. You may not care, but this election is far, far, far too important for us not to participate. I uh, had the pleasure of speaking at a women's conference this weekend in South Jersey, and it was uh, attended by a lot of people in ministry. And, you know, there's that slippery slope as it relates to the separation of church and state and ministerial obligations or commitments to their congregation and to the law to not infuse any type of political or, political commentary into the sermon or into the ministry, particularly in the pulpit on Sunday, which as a sidebar, I find hysterical when politicians come to churches during election years. It just, just cracks me up. But in the presence of these ministers and those, leadership, those who are in leadership in ministry, they all expressed um, the same tone and the same um, thoughts about the importance of this election. We need to understand that some of our most uh, ardent supporters of freedoms and liberty and justice and our constitutional rights will be retiring soon. They are aging out. Um, one being Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I believe she is in 79. I believe it's her age. Um, but regardless of if it's Roe versus Wade or gay marriage, we still need to vote because it's just so incredibly important, and there's so many important issues. Uh, and and I encourage you, do not be rattled and dazzled and kardashian up to think that this election is just about abortion or gay marriage. There are so many um, financial implications that surround this upcoming election, so it's critically important that you exercise your right to vote and have your voice heard so please understand that this should not be taken lightly i would like to share that the chat room is now open so please feel free to log on to cybrownmorningshow.com and you can click uh, listen live or just log on and you'll be able to get right into our chat room so that way we can chat um, before we get into today's topic, which is very important, it's about the underfunding of public pensions. That is a hot, hot topic right now. And you can find the story and several others on com. I strongly encourage you uh, in your daily movement when you're at work to please log on to Global. We launched the online portal, uh, now it's two weeks ago, and it is wildly successful. I am so excited. We have so many subscribers, and Cyber and Global offers news, relevant news, not BS malarkey news, but breaking and relevant international and global news that affects our domestic economics, our policy making, and, and trends in advocacy. Right now, we need to understand, on a very, in a very real and meaningful way, that it's not just about the United States anymore. We're not, we're, it, it, we're not the be-all, end-all, as much as I would like to believe that we are, um, and the importance that we have in the world is unmatched, but we need to understand that there's so many other issues out there that do ultimately affect how our incoming president l- governs us, what legislative policies get through, and where we need to place our advocacy efforts for those who have been marginalized and just marginalized communities, particularly people of color, which we will not be in the minority much longer. I believe studies have shown that by the year 2020, uh, the minority will now be the majority. So it's coming. (laughs) It's coming. But if we don't understand how... Global issues and global policies ultimately affect what happens in the United States. Will be will just be dead in the water, and and I don't want to see that happen at all to my people, to my peeps. <laughs> and I, I just you know I just want everyone to know that just as a strategist, I have uh, an unwavering and heartfelt commitment to our future, and I probably would not feel the same way if I didn't have children. And and maybe that doesn't sound right, but it's the truth. And I wake up every day wondering what future my children will have and what future my children's children, my grandchildren, and subsequent generations will have. And I just don't feel as many other Americans that we're on the right track. It's not just our president. It's just overwhelmingly I believe we're on the wrong track. And what do we do to change it? So I believe that if we just kind of become more aware and a little bit more cognizant of things that are happening in Israel, things that are happening in the Philippines, things that are happening um, in China, things that are happening in Germany, it might put into perspective challenges that we're having here and give us a different way to look at how we can solve our own issues. It's, it's just not about us anymore. So I strongly encourage you to read our news outlet daily. You can go right on to CyBrownGlobal.com because just saying, hey, Cy, that's a great blog or that's a great website is not enough. We, we all have to work to shift the consciousness of all of those around us to understand the urgency of our work. So that way we can have better outcomes and change the future. So it's real. This is really important. So you're 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 going to definitely hear me talk about this as much as possible as I can, and uh, just shift a little bit, shift the stories um, on the show and the news that we cover a little bit from just human interest and feel good stories to news that affects us to stories that may shape our thinking and get us to think a little bit bigger. That's that's my goal every day to get us to think a little bit bigger than we already do. Think outside of our zip code. I tell that to young people all the time when I'm speaking uh you know around the country and locally here in the New York area. Think beyond your area code. Think beyond your zip code. Think beyond your state. But when you're hungry, and you're lacking and you don't have, it's really hard to do that. So I just strongly encourage you to think beyond the tip of your nose, and it may be hard. I totally agree that it's not the easiest thing for us to do, but I do believe in my heart that it's that it's the mandate that's been placed on my life and those who are on my team to, to work tirelessly at it. So thank you so much for listening to that. <laughs> Please log on to Cy Brown Global when you can. But I want to move now into today's show topic, which looks at the 1.2 trillion dollar gap for public pensions. Here's the thing: <clears throat> many of you know I'm in my early 40s, very early 40s, <laughs> and you know I have always said that. I don't feel there's going to be anything left for me when it comes time for me to retire. I actually uh, have shared this conversation with my grandmother who is in her 90s several times, and she has been retired for probably, let's just say, 30-plus years, I guess, if she's in her 90s and probably retired in her 50s or 60s, whatever it is. Um, and, And, you know, she has the pleasure, as most seniors, of receiving a check every month from Social Security, and from a pension. And I remember saying to my grandmother years ago when I first started working, Grandma, what is a pension? And she says to me, what do you mean you don't know what a pension is? And and I had to explain to her that when we sit down with human resources, that's not an option. For the most part, that's not an option. We are told here's your 401K, we match it up to this percentage, and that's that. Well, When she finally explained to me that a pension is money that the company pays to you once you stopped working, I really got confused. Because I'm saying in my head, as a Gen Xer, why is the company going to continue to pay you and you no longer work there? It made absolutely no sense to me. And for the most part now, I guess because I have a capitalistic mindset, it still doesn't. However, now that I'm aging, I'm like, wow, a pension is a pretty good thing. So as we're the United States and really on a global level, we're experiencing financial challenges, I believe the pension coffers have been tapped into, and as a result, the baby boomers who are now starting to retire are left without on a macro level. On a, on, a, on a broad level, you have these people, hundreds of thousands of people, retiring or hitting the age of 65, which is the age of retirement, every single moment, but yet there's really no guarantee or social safety net for them. And because many of much of their wealth was has been wiped out in the last couple of years, they're pretty much left ass out. And that's really what it boils down to. I know someone who is in her early sixties, yeah, early sixties. And one day she logged in about two two and a half years ago and thirty thousand dollars of her wealth was just gone. Like just gone, say bye now, it's gone. And so how do you make that money up if you're getting older, if companies are much less reluctant to hire seasoned workers, and they definitely don't want to hire older workers or more experienced workers who may have health issues. And so when we're looking at those with health issues and health concerns, excuse me, and their older workers, they're pretty much left without. Pension is not an option. Social Security is dwindling. And now we're really faced with this on a much larger scale because it's been noted on several websites, and you can find it on, as the lead story on Cy Brown Global, that the largest 100 public pension funds have about $1.2 trillion of unfunded liabilities. Do, do do you understand that number? That means <clears throat> they have these people retiring. It is estimated that the dollar amount that they will need is $1.2 trillion but there's no money to pay it. So what happens to these people who are retiring and counting on this money, and it's not there? I'm actually doing a show this week. I believe the show is going to be on Wednesday or Thursday on reverse mortgages and how a lot of seniors have turned to reverse mortgages to pull out the equity in their home to live off of, and they are finding themselves because of more dubious practices by the banks Losing their homes So this is this Has a real uh, domino effect How we've lost money in the pensions Because of the economic downfall The recession, the depression And just greed Tapping into these pensions And now we're going to be left without And my grandmother, God bless her Said many years ago That we're falling into uh, another depression And she's been truthfully stay in this for about 10 years. I don't know, something about old people, they just pick up on stuff like that. But furthermore, let me get back into this study. It's reported that the average funding level, and, again, you can find many of these stories on cyberandglobal.com. That's the feature topic for today, um, that their average funding level really is at 75.1%. So that means whatever your financial obligations are, chances are you're only funded at 75%. So if you're only funded at 75%, what happens to all of that that that, that 25% deficiency or deficit where these people actually need their money. So <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm just getting over a cold. So now when we look further deep into this, the question that I beg to ask is where is the money and where did it go? Look, if you look at cities like uh uh let me think in West Virginia, that's one of the um you know one of the cities that I studied in preparation for today's show. West Virginia public employees have to now work longer before retiring and they have to pay more towards their pension and they lose ways to boost their benefits under a proposal being discussed. In their legislature right now So so now as the baby boomer generation Continues to retire those, And it's public employees Today we're talking about public pensions That means city workers, government workers They now have to work longer and And the generation That's coming in to replace them They're going to end up with leaner pensions Because lawmakers are changing the laws That make it so So now if you look at it Let's look at our lawmakers Our senators and congressmen and congressional representatives have benefits until they die, health insurance until they die, money in their pocket until they die. You know, I remember uh, when I first got into politics, um, probably in the early 90s when Newt Gingrich and everybody came up with this whole contract with America, Ronald Reagan was out, you know, going out, Bill Clinton was coming in. I remember asking myself why politicians spend so much money To become an elected official, to me it seemed like an extremely thankless job, like why in the world would somebody want to do that, and over time I realized a lot of it has to do with power, but a lot of it has to do with the things that we as voters don't see, and it's all these extra benefits that they're afforded that we don't even factor in. They can vote themselves raises. They can vote themselves, you know, to put more money in their pension. They can do all of these things. But now when you have working stiffs who, someone who is a city clerk at a local courthouse, they can go in and change the law, and this poor individual is screwed. And I will tell you what's happening in West Virginia, that a joint House and Senate committee is weighing several options um, in the wake of an estimated $5.6 billion gap between the assets that they have on hand and the benefits promised in the retirement programs. How do you come up with a 5.6 billion dollar gap? Stop gap. How do you do it? I, I don't even know. I was watching this show. Um, I, for those that may have stars on cable television, it's called Boss. It's a it's a really really good show. I love it. So if you have time to watch, it's just about politics and how government works and stuff like that. Well, it's based on fictional. You know Petitional government in the, Based out of the city of Chicago And when they were faced With a, a $5 billion deficit the, the mayor of Chicago says All right Close daycares Close, you know City services Close the recreational center Close this, You know These social programs And one of his aides Looks at him and says Okay, how are we going to close The other $4.9 billion You know As if to say Closing these these social services, is that really going to help? You're still $4.9 billion short. And that's what we have to look at when you have these poor people, and poor meaning just not literally but, you know, figuratively speaking, that what do they do? So you have new hires that come into the public sector because they're public servants, because they want to work. They would now, and this is for West Virginia specifically, have to retire at the age of 62 instead of the current age of 60. They would, in fact, lose early retirement incentives and see the credit for their unused sick and annual leave cut in half. So that means now if you have two days, if you have two days of credit for each day of leftover leave, it's going to be reduced towards their tenure. So a lot of times with public employees, if you don't take, you know, I know in the private sector, it's use it or lose it. I remember I worked for a media company years ago, and I tried to not take sick days just because the way I was raised, you don't take sick days. And, and vacation, you save it. But I'll tell you like this, by first quarter of the following year, if you didn't take it, you lost it. But in public sector agencies, it just accrues. So if you don't get sick, you, you accumulate all of this sick time and all of this vacation time, and people did that on purpose, knowing that once they retired, they would be able to cash that money out. Well, now, as part of pending legislation, it would be cut in half. So that means as you get older, people would have to now uh, very quickly start taking this time, perpetually calling in sick or just you know, I've heard stories, and you know, again, in doing my research for this show, people would just call in sick every day for like three months before their retirement because they're going because they're going to lose that time. When did we get to a point in this country where, dare I say, fraud? It's, it's so much fraud has been committed against these people who are coming into work every day, doing the best job that they can do in most instances, and at the end they're being thanked by having all of their promised benefits taken away. It's extremely, extremely sad and extremely heartbreaking. So when you look at the percentage, again, for those who are in West Virginia, they would now have to contribute 6% of their pay versus the current 4.5% of their pay towards their pension. So let's look how it's nickel and dimed. They now have to wait two more years to retire. They now have to contribute 1.5% more, and their time would be cut in half so they can't take their time or cash that out when they leave. It's these little teeny-weeny things that can have such a big difference on people's take-home pay, while at the same time the cost of living is increasing beyond comprehension my son said to me my younger son said to me not too long ago he's like mom i thought we were rich and i'm like where would you get this thinking from like where in the world did you ever fathom in a million years thinking that well it's comparatively speaking to how some of his friends are living so when you look at it on a on a Comparable level. If you have friends that don't have food and we have food, then we do seem abundantly blessed. But I had to explain to him with gas at four dollars a gallon, bread at two dollars a loaf. We're talking about, and you may have heard this before, these bread and butter issues. Unless you are Mitt Romney and you are at making millions of past passive income every year, you're poor. A friend of mine produced this amazing uh, uh, video montage of my journey as an entrepreneur. And he is so spot on. I'll actually, I'll upload it to Cy Brown Global uh, this afternoon. Well, actually, when we get off the show, and I'll also put it on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash uh, Cy Brown Morning Show, where there's a snippet of me talking with a community group And while I was talking with this community group, I shared with them how I felt it was absolutely ridiculous that, you know, if two kids are fighting in the neighborhood, this person's family is now pissed off at this person's family, and this person can't talk to this person, and now this mother's going to go jump this mother, and now this sister's going to kick this sister's butt in high school. And I said, this is bizarre to me because we're all poor. So I found it great that he managed to, you know, of all the videos and all of the the snippets of me speaking online, he included that 14 or 17-second piece because at the end of the day, it's the truth. When we're nickel and dimed, 1% here, 1.5% there, retirement age is pushed to here, we're faced with a sense of fear because we don't know how we're going to survive, a spirit of restlessness, and then the most heartbreaking is the spirit of hopelessness that falls upon the community and our in our in our in our domestic society. When you when it reaches critical mass That's when consumer confidence falls. I hope, and if you're not, maybe I can do a show on this, just the implications of consumer confidence. Consumer confidence, if people don't feel sure or certain that they will have a job, they will have a place to live, they'll start to rein in their expenses, which ultimately shrinks the economy. And if the economy, if we contract and withhold and pull money out of circulation, It becomes a self fulfilling prophecy that the economy is getting worse. But when we hear story after story, or you're living in West Virginia and they're telling you you now have to retire in two more years, you now have to pay more money into your pension because of reckless behavior by those who are greedy, it makes you not want to get out of bed. And I know that's how I feel sometimes. But the only thing we can do, I believe, is have faith in God. Stay connected to those who can help us and and follow and become our own best advocate to better our lives, our circumstances, and the lives of those around us. I want to share one last thing before we run out of time. I focused a lot on West Virginia because I felt it was just a very middle-of-the-road place to pick. But when you're rethinking reform, I'm also going to post up, um, for those who may or may not be aware, there's a website called Scribd, S-C-R-I-B-D. I'm going to post up a report that I found about rethinking reform and myths that surround our Social Security system as well as uh, how we can take a more in-depth look at pension reform. So I'll be posting that right after the show as well just want to thank everybody who's tuned in today. I see we have a bunch of callers who have dialed in, and I do see a few people in the chat room. Our chat room was kind of quiet today. I don't know why. Maybe it's Monday and people are just listening. I'm not sure. But the chat room was kind of quiet today but big shout out to everybody who uh dialed in and they're actually listening on their phone thank you so much for listening to the side morning show and i strongly encourage you to just kind of chat with me stay connected with me um because i want to hear your voice and i want to make sure that we're bringing the most real and relevant and up-to-date news to you every single day always remember that we shall pass through this world but once Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.